What's up, you dirtbags? Before we dive into this episode, I want to give a huge shout out to one of our day one supporters, Kinetic Leasing. If you've ever listened to the podcast before, you've definitely heard us talk about them. Uh, They are our go-to team for money questions and also getting approved for financing. Uh, Not only do they help us, but they help many others that listen to the podcast get approved for financing. It's an application only financing up to $250,000 on approved credit. Uh, They have fast approvals and you can save cash with no money down. At the very least, just give them a call, see what you can get approved for, and then check your rates. A couple ways you can reach out to them. You can give their office a call. It's at 701-476-0221. Just make sure to mention that the Dirtbag sent you and uh, they'll definitely help you out. And then you can also email them, sales at kineticlease.com. We also have all of their information on the Dirtbags podcast website. So go check them out. Tell them we sent you and uh, let's get into it. Did you see what Luke's got on? He's got on uh, James's shirt there. That yeah, I didn't get. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I mentioned hey, it already. Let's, uh, let's, kick off, let's kick off this episode thanking our main sponsor, Innovative Lawn and Landscape. Uh, James Doyle, thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you for sending us unlimited sweatshirts, hats, socks, undies. We just appreciate it, man, and we appreciate all the support. Yeah, checks in the mail, I hope, too, James. (laughs) Good jobs. Welcome to the Douchebag Podcast, guys. That's kind of a late intro, but we've got the blowjob boys here with us today. We've got Catch These Hands Steve and Jeremy. How are you guys doing? You got two Jeremy's. Doing great. Doing great. (laughs) Two Jeremy's. Um, No, welcome. Thank you guys for the time um obviously the snow jobs podcast you guys are killing it you guys are rocking it having a good time i want to kind of just dive into that right away what made you guys want to start that take it jeremy i'll start it yeah i know we were we always have our big phone call you know on uh, on our snow pushes all the guys talking and stuff and steve's like yeah you guys should record this and put it out or whatever we're like well that ain't gonna make air i can guarantee you that so <laughs> Stuff that we say on there, so I'm like, I told Steve one day, I just called him. I go, we should just do a podcast, just talk, just talk snow and see what happens. I mean, just two guys sit around, talk, just BS. That's what we do anyway. We call each other every day and just talk about snow and shit. So we're like, oh, we should try this podcast thing out. Obvious, I don't know. It's just kind of rolled from there. I don't, what do you think, Steve? That kind of how it went. I, I don't remember it exactly being your idea, but yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> I actually think it was Ben, honestly. I think it was us breaking each other's balls on the uh, the Glacier chat there. And I think Ben, Ben or I don't know if it was Ben or Jackie Chan uh, was like, I would pay to hear you guys go at it like this. And like, oh, we should do a podcast. I could see those two just fucking throwing shit at you guys, throwing some shade. Of it course, was a lot of fun. Or, of course, fun. helicopters probably stir in the pot like he normally does. And Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think it I think it was along those lines though where the glacier chat is so off the hook and just so much fun to to listen to and be a part of even like for me being an outsider I didn't know 90% of the guys in that chat but listening to them you're his, they're just hysterical and uh I think when we started talking we're like we could do the same thing on a podcast like wouldn't that be great if uh you know everybody could hear this maybe a little watered down cleaner version of uh, the glacier chat but uh yeah, and then we just uh we know nothing about doing a podcast. Like we had to get outside help and 
a friend of mine helped set us up with the platform and you know i don't know the the first episode i thought was awful <laughs> thank god for james doyle he can talk yeah, yeah. Okay. We, we were nervous and uh but yeah it just got easier and easier as we went on and uh the snow community just jumped on board right away like the outpouring of support yeah. was crazy i feel like the snow community i don't want to call like a cult but i feel like everybody is very tight-knit and like jeremy and i were kind of talking today you push everybody pushes snow the same way right you use the same equipment you use it's the same tactics obviously some people are better at it than others jeremy we see that in our area but yep. it's it's done the same way which is which is really cool because you can relate to how you know people do parking lots people do sidewalks and you know so i feel like i feel like the outpouring of like response to that is super cool as well i think you nailed it i think cult is a great word for it because yeah. we're all lunatics to be doing this uh, oh, snow yeah. is not an easy business mm -mm. no it's thank like jeremy said it multiple times like it's thankless nobody ever sees you doing it because like our slogan says we own the night you know nobody ever sees you coming and going and uh they just it's like the uh the snow fairies you know they come and take care of it and uh nobody ever sees what you do and you're up all night away from your families and uh it's it's definitely not an easy business. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong all the time. <laughs> so, what what drew you to the snow business, both of you guys? What was the appeal, Jeremy? Well, I the equipment. I you know was was young. I I love watching. Honestly, I was I just was driving around one day and I was like saw guys move the snow. I'm like, fuck, I could do that. Looks looks like fun. Looks like something I'd want to do. You know, I I love running equipment. So I was like, shit. So I looked in. Uh, I don't know. I, I just called a couple of people. And I said, hey, you need some help, and that's how it started. I just started. I think I started pushing in skidster, and away I went. So yeah, it's just equipment, equipment, and you know, running hard. That's what I do. Yeah, you do, Steve. How'd you uh, get? In? I just I always loved plowing. I, I remember. I think I was like Same. seven or eight, seven or eight years old. My grandfather, <laughs> uh, my grandfather let me take the uh, wheel of the uh, plow truck uh, that he was plowing. And uh, I loved it ever since. So I started 17 years old, I think, plowing for a company. And I plowed for maybe one or two companies. And it was good because you, one was a smaller company. One was a bigger company. And they did very different sites. One did industrial complexes and the other one was like small strip malls and stuff. But you, you got to think about it and I'm sure everybody's been there where you sit there and say, well, if this was my show, I would do this a little differently. You know, I wouldn't do this. I like how they do this, but I don't like how they do that. And, you know, you pick up stuff along the way and uh, yeah, I just, uh, I always wanted to do snow. So that's what I concentrated on. And you, I kind of do the green industry stuff uh, basically just to get the snow. Mm -hmm. I could care if I ever mow another lawn or install another bush ever again. <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's interesting you say that, Steve, because I feel like for some people it's the other way around where they want to get out of snow. Do you think it's, you know, I feel like the snow industry is one of those where if you're not ingrained in it, it's it sucks, right? If you're if you don't have like enough snow to keep yourself busy and to make some money. Um, so do you think it depends on obviously where you live in the country because some areas are different? Sure. You're geographically, uh, you know, you're definitely geographically dependent on uh, for the weather. But you also, no matter how much how much or how little snow you get, you have to love it to be able to go out and do it. If you dread going out plowing and you're dreading that next snowfall coming, 
you're not going to be good at it. <laughs> you're not going to do well. I no. mean, I think you got to love it, Jeremy. Right? I mean, would you agree? Yeah, with I that? agree. Definitely. Forty-three yeah. pushes last year. Forty-three pushes. You got to freaking yeah. love that shit. That is, uh, yeah. you, you got to love it. You got to love it, and it's you got to want to do it, and you know, you, you got to be able to sacrifice a lot to do it. I mean, holidays, nights, weekends, whatever. I mean, it's, it's. I mean, I always tell the guys they're like. I wish it would snow then. I'm like, yeah, I wish I could make it snow on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I can't. It's, it's going to buy you snow every every weekend, and you're going to be working, you know, just yeah. the way it is. I mean, I think it was a couple years ago. We I think we worked every weekend, every single weekend. We It, it snowed. Right, Luke? Yeah. You were out. Oh, so, I remember. No, Everybody was <laughs> complaining about not having breaks, and I'm like, I yeah. sorry, guys. Like, we, we, I'm not making it snow, although you make it seem <laughs> like it. I'm not making it snow, <laughs> but no, it's, it's definitely a very interesting business because it has so different parameters than others. Like you said, Steve, you're out when nobody else is, you're, you're making sure that people can, can get into places when you can barely get into the lot in the first hand. And, you know, it's so reliant on the conditions of mother nature, which makes yeah. it, I think it's the challenge of like, not knowing what's coming next or the challenge of trying to like, you know, clear things faster, more efficient, and then not knowing what is upcoming with the, like with the weather. I think that's what I like about it. How many guys do you see out there mowing lawns? Hundreds, A lot. hundreds, 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 thousands. Not everybody can do snow. Not yeah. everybody can take certain sites and, you know, make them whole again. So it is a challenge. And I think, uh, I, I, I think, no matter what size company you are, you, you take on sites that challenge you and that you think you can do well. And, and that, that's always the game trying to do it better than the next guy or not better than, I mean, I don't really more efficient. See, yeah. Faster. More efficient. Yeah. Trying to, trying to do it more yeah. efficiently than the other guy. Yeah, efficiency is the main thing. Try to try to get your efficiencies up and the more efficient you are, the more you can do and the more money you can make. You know? And I'll, I'll say, I've said this over and over and I'm going to keep saying it. Snow, snow removal, is an emergency service and we need to start be treated like one i mean we're out there in the shit i mean people aren't going to get to where they want to go unless unless the roads are cleared you know or hospitals are cleared people get in and all it's, i mean it's a it's emergency service and it needs to be start being we need to start being paid like one you know we need to get everything needs to i don't know everything needs to get better and, and I don't know, it's a respect thing too that we're you know we Nobody cares about a snow guy. Nobody gives a shit. Only only time they care about a snow guy if if the lot isn't plowed, if the street isn't plowed, then then all you do is hear people bitch about them. I mean, it's not like anybody comes up in the morning and goes, God damn, those guys plowed that real nice. Or that parking lot is clean as can be. Those guys are great. You're not you're not gonna get that call. I mean, rarely. I mean, we'll get it once in a while, but not not, it's not a not not as high as the complaints will be if you don't do it. You know, yeah. and it's never it's never been harder to be in snow than since COVID. Because everything's up, everything we use to do snow is up, what, minimum 30%? And everybody's belts are getting tighter and tighter customer-wise, so they're trying to pinch every penny. So the only chance you have at keeping your profit margin intact is improving your efficiencies. That That's it, because that's the only – you can't charge – you can't charge 30% more for the contract you've held right. for 10, 15 years. They're going to find somebody else. They're going to find Chuck in a truck or uh, you know, one hit wonder that will do it for with maybe shoddy insurance at best. And, and we'll do it for cheaper. Even if they love you, it's, it's about dollars and cents, you know, business is business. Mm -hmm. They're, they're not going to, 
you know, they're not going to let you, you know, hold them over the fire for 30% more on a contract that was 30% less the year before. So your only chance to keep your profit margin intact is to improve your efficiency. That's How do you two typically get paid? Is it like seasonal per push or like, does it change each year? Or like, how does, how does that work? All the above for us. I mean, we're seasonal per push per hour. Okay. We're, we're, we're everything. I mean, East coast is a little different than us, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other crazy thing about snow. Jeremy just hit it right on the head. Like we have friends now through the podcast that we've met so many awesome people that are all over the, the snow plowing United States and Canada the rate differences from one market to the next is incredible. There are guys in Minnesota that are getting a hundred inches of snow that are charging a third of what I can charge for a skid steer. And mm. that's the going rate and they can't get more for it. But you know, in the Northeast you're still paying for snow. Cause I think those big giant nor'easters that we get every so often scare people yeah. into, you know, we want to have the equipment. We we don't mind paying for it because we know we can get those 24 inches or 36 inches. You know, they do come. Um, but yeah, I, it's crazy here. It really is. We, we do probably 70% right now seasonal and then 30% per push. So the seasonals, okay. we strategically do the seasonals that the seasonals cover all of our expenses for the winter. And then probably about, you know, for an average to 10% above average winter, it's like 20 to 25% profit off the seasonals. And then the per push is all gravy. So yeah. that 30%, if we get a good winter, then that's all gravy money. That's yeah. I got you. So equipment, whatever. So I'm going to back up a couple steps here. Um, When you guys talked about starting the podcast, I'm assuming you just figured like, let's do this. I'm sure there's going to be some people interested uh, I don't even think it's been a year yet and you just crossed 125,000 listens on the show. So it's blown up. D two questions here. Did you guys think it would blow up the way it did? And second, when or did you ever set up the snow jobs as like a business, like an LLC or anything like that? Right away. Okay. Uh, on both accounts, honestly. I mean, I yeah. think within the first week of the first episode dropping, we were like, holy shit. <laughs> You know, we got something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we set up yeah. uh we set up the LLC right away, you know, 50-50 partnership. And uh, you know, that's good. I, you know, I trust him. He trusts me. It's all good. You know, we live in mm -hmm. two different states across the country from each other, but we talk multiple times a day and it's always good times. So you know, yeah. we probably what what twice a year we'll get to see each other, maybe. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Usually Simon and Equip. <laughs> yep. Simon and Equip's probably gonna be our, our new things we have to go to every year now. So yep. even though even even though we're not we're not there for the shows, we're there for the you know, to meet the guys and stuff. Yeah. So hanging out with our crew. Uh but yeah, Luke, the um honestly, I think it was within the first three or four days we had mm. feelers from because everybody oh, saw the Instagram blowing up, like everybody was tagging us in everything, and it was one I don't know, mediocre at best episode. I was nervous yeah. as hell. You know, we didn't know the platform. We didn't really know how to, yeah. you know, edit and stuff. It was whammy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't great. I'm but... quite sure yeah. what to do with my hands. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <in a moment. laughs> Did you guys but, uh, know, like when you started the podcast that you wanted to try to make money with it? Obviously starting the LLC, you know, you knew there was opportunities that, you know, could come with it. You know, was that kind of the intention right away? Or were you like, we'll just see whatever happens? No, 
I know. I think we planned. Go ahead, Jack. We, 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 we just, I mean, obviously, yeah, we, we, we would like to make money. We, it wasn't one of the driving forces. We were more or less, hey, we're going to talk to the not the guys in the industry. We want to share our stories and see what other people, how other people do stuff. And, and if we can make something great, I mean, obviously, yeah, we want to make something now. I mean, it, it takes a lot of time, as you guys know. Yeah. It takes a lot of time and effort. And, but yeah. And once we started, and the uh, outpouring of support we had from guys, and I mean, everybody's been great. I mean, everybody's been fucking awesome. I've I met so many good guys, and it's made the last year a lot of fun. So, yeah, no, it's you, you knew right off the bat. I, I would say within the first three episodes, you knew you were going to be monetizing this. It was just, uh, you know, we had products, that, but we had rules. Like me and Jeremy talked about it when we first started. Like our goals when we first started it was to promote. Nobody promotes snow professionals. Nobody's helping us. The only people that are helping us are, you know, fellow snow pros. So that's the community. And, and it's a pretty tight community and it's a pretty yeah. loyal community. So we wanted to give them an outlet to promote their companies to do like, you know, there's, there's companies out there that will do advertisements. They're, they'll, they're basically a magazine or something and they'll put a company in it. The company can pay to advertise and be like a profile you know, uh, episode of the magazine. We wanted to do that for snow guys, like use this to promote yourself, you know, take this episode that you're in and use it to tell your customers to give it a listen or whatever. And uh, the other thing was when the calls did start coming in for products and stuff, we, we agreed that if we didn't personally use and love a product or we didn't know guys that we trusted that used and loved the product, they were not getting in. We, it only takes one bad plug to blow all your credibility in that right. community. You know, they're loyal as hell, but if you, if you're wrong, they're going to let you hear it and they're not going to listen to you again. Cause we've seen, we've seen that happen to a couple of internet personalities that, you know, their credibility is kind of shot. And it takes yeah. a, it takes a dump. So yeah. I've got one thing for you that on that point, um, and we're navigating this as well. You know, we're bringing on sponsors and, and advertisers. And I guess one question and, do they do you have a certain like time limit that they sign or is it kind of just like let's run it and see how it goes and then the second Orderly. part the second part to that would be if they do break your trust you know can you cancel that um it's it is in the contract that we can get out of it um you know due to i forget how bob wrote it we actually have an ad sales guy um because nice. it was you know jeremy knows we were I always felt like if they reached out to us, if guys were taking the time, you know, snow pros were re taking the time to reach out to us, DMing us. There was days I was answering 40, 50 DMs a day on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you got to take the time. If they're taking the time to say, hey, love the show. Thanks for doing it, blah, right. blah, blah. You got to take two minutes to, hey, how are you? Who are you? You know, thanks a lot for listening. Mm -hmm. And, wow. you know, we were doing that. It got, it got to be like, you know, we both have other jobs and it got to be too much. So we got put in, touch with a guy um the same guy that helped us set up the platform and taught us the basics of podcasting that has a su successful podcast uh he hooked us up with an ad sales guy that works for he does a couple podcasts for ad sales and bob handles all that now so yeah his, the contract he wrote up we can get out of it if we need to uh we do it quarterly quarter by quarter but nice. every every company that has come on board muskox hill tip so muskox is on me Hilltip is all Jeremy. Um, but one of the first things I said to Adam uh, Bergman from Muskox was, 
we love it. You know, I love it. I use it. I want Jeremy to see it. I want, right. you know, Jeremy to experience it. And he's like, no problem. He goes, we'll drive one down there. So they brought one down to Fargo and they let the silver bullet get in and use yeah. it of all people. Yeah. And if yeah. he couldn't break it, it can't be broken, you know? So he was <laughs> impressed. He actually just bought one. Yeah. So, he uh, bought one. So that was he'll that was uh muskox and you know jeremy was like yeah shit for us I, I still remember him calling me he's like it's freezing cold this shit's frozen solid and this thing is an animal mm. like, oh, this is great for a skid blower and then hill tip was the same thing jeremy loved him jeremy knew him so you know that was that was good enough for me if if you're impressing jeremy lindstrom he's not easy to impress and he yeah. he calls shit shit so you know like Jesus I tell everybody in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I, sp I speak the truth and people don't like it, but I'm going to, it's, it's like we talked earlier. It's all black and white. It's yeah. no gray. It's no gray. I tell everybody you want, you, you want to do something with a snow product that you got coming out, send one to Jeremy. He's, yeah. he's the definition of a snow influencer. He, yeah. he really is. And if he likes it, it's going to sell. If he doesn't like it, that's not good for your product. Cause right. he'll tell, he'll tell everybody this is shit. Don't buy it. Yeah. And that's right. how it should be done. Honestly, is just be honest with the product. Yeah. And, you know, right. if it sucks, like they need to work on it, they need to be better. So right. um, uh, an another question that just popped up before you jump in there in the quarterly that you do, do you renegotiate based on your podcast metrics and like how, how many listens you're doing? Or is it kind of just like, let's re up and let's yeah, just go for it right now. It's just a reenlist. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think especially like the first couple, like muskox and Hilltip, I mean, just the OGs there. Yeah. yeah. They're, they've been with us. They've been ride or die since, yeah. you know, episode four or five, you know, Good. they're, they're, they love us. They're not going anywhere. And, and they're, I think we've really, I know Muskox for a fact, we've seriously helped their business. They tell for us sure. all the time. Good. Um, sure. And I, I don't, I, I feel bad. You know, even if we're doing phenomenally, they were yeah. in on the ground floor. They believed in the show before anybody else did, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to up them. Too yeah, much, good right? for you guys. Really I mean, I think that's just that's just out of respect too. And I'm sure yeah. they're, you know, in a year they're they're gonna say, you know, we owe you guys more money or something. And then it's like, sure, it can be a gift. But I like how you guys respect that. You know, the OGs they're with you since episode four. They believed in it because it's a crazy thing, especially in this industry, to pay podcast hosts. You know, to insane. promote them, it's insane. It's, insane. it's right. just, right. and it's never really been done. And so you know, to see that you guys are doing it and doing well. And then it's just like, let's just add a hundred X the value your way and have a good time doing it. Like that's the goal. This right. is where marketing is now. Like yeah. marketing yeah. is not print anymore. It's no. and I'm, well, I'm the last guy to be saying that. Cause I am, I, I just got a friggin' iPhone like last you, year. <laughs> he just, he just got on, you got on Instagram like 14 months ago. He still got a phone. Still got the flip. Yeah. Oh God. Steve, you just keep that no. with you to show people. Be like, yeah, I no. this like I that is ago. in my pocket. The the flip is in my pocket all day. The smartphone sometimes, the iPhone is sometimes not with me. Oh the, man, uh, yeah, the yeah. flip is always with me. In my he, he he literally got on Instagram what fourteen months ago, and then he phoned me, and and, and, and I don't know, he messaged me, and then we started talking. So you had the uh, I think you had the snow wing. It was either snow wing or hill tip. I, I messaged you about yeah. one of those that I, I caught a snow wing in a video or I caught a hill tip and I said, oh, I got to find out how these things are. But, you know, yeah. um, Luke, to go back to that question you had about the products and stuff, it's more, you know, any anything that's mass produced can have a bad batch of parts 
can have a bad week of production or assembly. At that point, and that's literally any company, at that point, all we care about is how did they stand behind their product? How mm -hmm. did they make it right with the guy they affected? And if the company is, is in, like, I mean, you look at, like, Storm Equipment, Jordan, not a sponsor, but at the same time, we know how they roll. If something breaks on one of their products, and we know Metal Plus breaks, you know, they blow hoses, like, you know, going out of style. But uh, Storm makes it right. He, they make good on yeah, everybody. Yeah. They're overnighting parts, stuff like that. Um, my Ventrac dealer, same way. Uh, you know, that's uh, J&R Sheds down in Maryland. They, Jimmy will overnight me whatever I need. He's driven. I had a snowblower that had a bad weld on it for one of the SSVs. He drove one up the next morning, four hours, you know, from Maryland. So, I mean, that's that's more important than anything else. So those are the kind of companies you want to do business with. Yeah. You want to know something funny about Jordan is uh, he's Mankato, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. He he was on my well, yeah, original said uh, Phaser Friday podcast probably like two years ago or something. So um, I haven't talked to him in a while since, but he, he's got some cool things going with obviously VSI and like because he sold to boss. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Correct. And uh, so, so now I guess I've, I've seen storm equipment VSI of course, and then boss, like what is his role in those uh, companies? King God, like, like <laughs> everything he touches yeah. turns to gold. He's incredibly yeah. intelligent. He knows the industry He's awesome. he networks extremely yeah. well. And even people that are you're, he's meeting for the first time, you talk to him for 10 minutes and you genuinely feel like you've made a friend for sure. You know, like he's, he's one of those people that he's very good at, at what he does business wise. He's very smart and, uh, and he, he makes all the right moves. He mentioned Luke, he, he mentioned you, we told him we we're going on you guys' show and he's like, yeah, I remember, I remember Luke, where I was on a show or whatever with him or, or a webinar or something he said he was with yeah, you. Yeah, it, it was the it was the old podcast, but no, he he's always been super great to me. And yeah, like you said, Steve, I think that's the such a great compliment and such a perfect way of describing him. And it's just like, yep. you know, he can make you feel like a friend right away uh, if he wants to. And he can seek out those people that, you know, maybe don't feel included in the conversation. I think it's just, it's such a great, great skill set to have. We had, when we went to equip there, we had the uh, Top Gun Backblades, which is a sponsor of ours. Uh, Rob had a get together and we had, we, we invited the whole storm crew. I swear to God, Jordan in two and a half hours did not just stick. There were like maybe what, 60 people there, Jeremy, 50, maybe. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around there. Jordan made his way around and talked to every single person. Yeah. Like, sure, he yep. talked to everybody at that freaking party. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's he's who he is. Yeah, he's, he's the man. He's he's the man. That's just the personality that you got to have to just go up to people and be like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Good to meet you. What's your name? What do you do? You know? Yeah, that's not me. I couldn't do that. There's people yeah. that I can't fucking stand. Amen. I, will, I don't like anybody. Yeah. I, I'm a, <laughs> a crabby old 27-year-old where I'm like, if I don't know you, you better have something good to say. Otherwise, fuck you. Not actually, but there's something <laughs> no, like that. No, get the fuck out of my lane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know you. I don't need to talk to you. No, I'm not saying that has to say, but fuck. Although but, I will say this, the podcast has definitely changed that a little bit where yeah. like we went, uh, I went with Matt Young uh, and his brother, Jeff uh, to Jordan was having a demo day in Pennsylvania. So he was local 
And he did those three episodes on liquids for us over the yep. summer, which were freaking huge. And huge. now that's a guy that gets paid to do these seminars and stuff about this. And he jumped on, love what you guys are doing. I, I'd love to do some episodes for you. Hell yeah. You know, whatever you want to do. All right. awesome. And he did three for free. So he was going to be local. I'm like, the least we can do is, you know, I'm local to it. I'll roll to that and support him. And like, I think I was there two minutes and somebody recognized my voice hmm. and came right up to me. It ended up being Patrick Salmon um, from Massachusetts. And he was like, dude, you're one of the snow jobs. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then you say I am the snow jobs. No, I am not. I am, the, <laughs> I am the voice, not the face. The face is the legend there. The Rick James. Uh, uh, you know, the Rick James <laughs> is Jeremy. Yeah. I'm just I'm just arm candy. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But no, but you, it, yeah. it, it makes you be a little more. And I'm not like that. Like I'm like Luke said, I'm like standoffish. I'm like, you know, I have my own little crew and you know, basically stay the fuck away from me. But yeah. It's changed me a little bit to the point where, like I said, people are loyal as hell in the snow industry. They've been loyal to the show. You don't have a, you know, you don't have a choice. Take five minutes, hear what they have to say, you know, help them. If you, if they need help, if they're asking you questions, find the answers if you don't have them for them, but yeah. they're taking the time they're following you. They're buying your merch. They're listening to that show every week. We have guys that are listening to that thing every Monday. You got to see the needle on the analytics on Monday mornings. Yeah. Like when they used to drop at 8 a.m. from 8 to 9 was like off the chart. That's so cool. It's cool that people want to just be invested with, you know, something that they love as well. And that kind of brings me to another question about like the snow side, about your, you know, the business side, the operation side. Loyalty. Steve, you talked about loyalty. How do you find loyal employees? Because like you said, the snow industry is not a fun industry. You're there on the weekends. You're there on the holidays. You're there when it's inconvenient because mother nature's a bitch and that's all she knows what to do. So I kind of like, we talk about this a lot on the show. Like I've had a bunch of people ask me and, and stuff and I'm so hesitant to tell people because it's not a setup everybody can do. Um, I have another profession. So I have a lot of guys. I work two days a week, 24 hours at a time. And I have a lot of guys in that profession that also have that same schedule. And that is my, those are my go-to guys. Those are my brothers and that's who we use. So we're all, you know, we're all firemen. Uh, my, everybody that works for me is a fireman uh, minus one guy. One uh, we have one uh, young kid that graduated college and can't find a job with a four-year degree. So, <laughs> you know, that's Good it. But everybody, you. everybody else. Go get those four-year degrees guys. That's what happens. I know. Well, that's what, and that's what we've said. You know, I think I think you're you're about to start seeing some labor come back because these kids are spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a four year degree that's worthless. It's a yeah, fucking yep. piece of paper. They have no life mm -hmm. skills. They have no work ethic. Because, like I said the other day, I, I can't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about labor, like you just said, and we said uh, they said what's the biggest problem? And I said the problem is that this whole generation called the guy. Their parents called the guy. They never mowed the lawn. They never shoveled the driveway. They called the guy. And now they don't know how to be the guy because they never had to do yep. it. Never had to step up. Yeah. Right. Right. So call the guy. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to hard to be the guy if you've never uh, or learn, hard to know how to be the guy if you've never had to do it because mom and dad always called a guy. Yeah. 
So Steve, what would you tell a person like that? Because there might be somebody sitting here and be like, I'm not the guy. How can I become yeah. the guy? Because they're not just going to be like this for the rest of their life. Like they got to figure it out at some point, right? Here's, here's the deal. Everybody's got the same problem. And I mean, Jeremy will agree. The number one problem is labor. I mean, that keeps Jeremy right. up nights. Like I'm going to put the call out. Am I going to get every seat in this in, in every loader filled? You know, who knows if these guys are going to come to work or not. If you're willing to work and work hard, and learn all you got to have is the attitude everything else we can teach you yep and the money that's it come in with heart and attitude and you'll leave with a good amount of money more than you're going to make uh doing other things i'll tell you that because you get paid well for good work in the in these Mm -hmm. fields and dirt work and uh and snow work and reliability if you're reliable that takes you a long ways if you can be dependable reliable i mean I mean, we can train you to do anything, but you just have to show up and want to want to learn. You you got to just want to learn. Yeah. 90% is showing up. Yeah. yeah. Answering the guys, phone. <laughs> you guys see a lot of the, I know how to do this attitude where they oh, have yeah. no idea what the fuck they're doing. And then you're like, you need to get kicked off your high horse. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jack. I yeah. see that a yeah. lot. Yeah. Everybody says they can run. Oh, I can run anything. Like, okay. So then I throw them in something and like, can you do this? Are we, are, are we going to do this or what? And it's like, let's, let's go show yeah. me what you got. And they're like, hesitant. The key? Like, How do I turn it on? <laughs> yeah. Well, this one doesn't have a key. It's a push button. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, in the farm, we didn't have these. We just touched two <laughs> wires together and it would start right up. And I don't have a problem. And I tell everybody, I go, some of my best operators have been guys that don't know anything. You can, you can train it, train them from fresh. And then they don't have any bad habits for whatever, you know, but I don't just don't bullshit me. I mean, it is what it is. I'm going to know. I'm going to know in the first five minutes if you know what the hell you're doing or not. Yeah. But, yeah. And, Jeremy, and it's go ahead. Yeah. Would, so on that point, would you rather hire somebody that has 20 years of experience or somebody that's 18 and brand new that like is interested in getting into the, into the industry or does it like, are they both the same? Take them both if you can. Yeah, I take yeah, them both if I can, true. but honestly, because I don't, because the older guy might have more experience. We can like to run a crew, you know, right. be in charge or whatever. Somebody's got experience, and then the younger person you can, you know, train, and he can learn from that guy. We've, you know, we've we got a pretty good base crew, and my guys, I wouldn't say that they're, they're not hard on guys, but they're not going to fucking share code anything either. They're going to, yeah. they're going to, they're going to call you out, which is no, I don't have they're hard on either. guys. They're hard on your guys are hard on guys because this is not this is not a, a you know a roughneck generation. These are these these younger guys are a little soft, a, a lot of them. So they don't know how to take ball breaking. And your your guys are you know some world class ball breakers. I've heard them. <laughs> well, they are. They are really good at it. <laughs> I mean, what's I don't I don't have a problem with it. Let them go. No. I mean, if you can't take criticism, then you shouldn't be here. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, this is like you say. We're working the nights. We're guys are get crabby. It is what it is. Either you gotta, you know, shake it off or just take it. Take a little bit of razzing or beating, or not beating. You know what I mean? Just kind of just take it. You can either take it or you can't. If you can't, it's time for you to leave. I always tell the guys, if you're not having fun. It's probably time for you to leave because yeah. this is this is. I mean, this is you're hanging out with your. Most of you guys are hanging out with your buddies. Yeah. So, or they, they become buddies and they're having a good time. So once it's not fun, it's probably time for you to move on. And they're yeah. on that chat. That that chat makes the time go by. It really does. We took that from Glacier and in, implemented it uh, at all hands last year. 
and the guys had a blast like seven hours eight hours nine hours went by you know in the blink of an eye because guys are doing what they do in the firehouse they're breaking balls they're you know having good times and it's making that monotonous work go by a lot faster and what it also did for us was we managed to avoid like three machines getting hit by you know cars that just don't don't care that you're clearing snow they're they're gonna come right behind you anyway yeah, I, I feel like building that camaraderie is probably so huge for you guys of just like making sure that like, you know, this, this is monotonous work, like you said, Steve, but you know, we're all doing it together. Like, let's, let's make with the time, you know, let's make good of the time that we have currently. And so just like building that camaraderie, like building that, you know, that culture around it is, is huge. And that was all Glacier that we, we got that 100% from Glacier and you know, they got a lot of shit figured out that out there in Fargo, you know, population, really population 300, yeah. you know, 295. Yeah. Of plow. <laughs> yeah. Damn right. It was like 300 until you're pushing snow and then everybody <laughs> and their mother just had to come out. Yeah. 13. Walmart. Sure. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, it's a battle. It's Jeremy, the team. You know, hey, I'll come. Go ahead. How did you know to kind of bring that culture? Because like Steve said, that was you guys that did it. Obviously, you started that somehow. Was it just everyone was kind of just hopping on a call and you were like, hey, let's make this a thing while pushing? It seems to make the time go faster. It seemed to keep everybody's spirits up. Like what was kind of the light bulb moment when you found that out? I don't even honestly know who started, you know, who I guess we always call it the party call. Mm-hmm. It was uh I don't know, I honestly know who started it, but it just kind of it grew from one, you know, one little group to the next group. And now we all grew. It was Verizon was bad where you could only get so many people. And then AT&T where you can yeah. only get so many. So, so it was like, call, call Jackie, call this guy. He'll get you. And he, and then we couldn't get people in. So the guy's phone, I think we're on Google meets now, Google meet. I think yeah. you can get up to 45 people on a call now. Yeah. So we all just have Google meets and you can go in and out and just bounce in and out whenever you want. And like you say, it's just fun to, I mean, I I can I just pop in here and there because I got enough other shit to do. But I mean, sometimes I pop in and some crazy shit that they're talking about is unbelievable. It's like, what are you guys fucking talking about? Yeah, sometimes you miss I... ten minutes of the conversation and you're like, whoa, this is not what it was ten minutes ago. <laughs> no, there there have so, been times I just click off. Like I click on, I hear five seconds of the con. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tune in a little later. <laughs> I just click back yeah. off. Yeah, I mean, so it, I like Steve said it's it. It's helped our efficiencies up. I mean, believe it or not, it has. I mean, and it's helped us avoid accidents, guys. I mean, it's it's something so simple as just talking to guys and, like you say, killing time. Not you know, it makes time go by faster, and it's kind of a safety thing too. I mean, a lot of people won't want to admit that, but it is. I mean, because otherwise we gotta get on a two way, and you gotta wait for the beep, then you talk. And hopefully nobody else is talking or you're not going to get through. We've had, right. you know, so this is instant. So I don't know. It's, it works for us. And I guess it's worked for other guys now. So I'm, I'm glad we can at least bring that to the industry. I'm not saying we're the first, but I don't seem like everybody talks about it now. So it's a home run. It's an absolute home run. Cause we're mostly like, we're a little different. We're mostly skids. You know, we have mm-hmm. a lot of skids. So you would have to take your hands off one of the controls to be able to pick up the radio to call another skid that's now got to take his hands off the controls. You do that five times in an hour, you know, you're down 10 minutes. You know, that's 10 minutes of that hour you lost just answering a radio and responding. 
So it, you're, it's all about efficiency. Right now with the blue parrot headsets and the uh, the group call, there you know you used to have to be clairvoyant. Like where is this guy carrying the pile to? Where is he? Where is he wind rowing? Where do I got to pick it up? And now you can just say, hey, listen, I'm going to drop this right in front of the stop sign, and you pick it up from there and, and pile it. Done. You know these these guys they tear through HOAs. They're doing a you know 180 driveways, two machines. One's carrying, one's dragging it out. You know blowing it and. You know, the guy's just cleaning up behind them, but they work seamlessly because of that that two-way conversation that's live. Sounds like you guys need to start your own social media platform. <laughs> could. You never, never know you what should. we're going to do. Think we about got it. A lot of, we got a lot of things thinking we're thinking about. Yeah, so. we're, we're only yeah, we're we so many hours in the snow, damn day. But they're <laughs> video calls, and you can hop in and out. James is plowing up wherever he's at in Connecticut. Hop into his calls. Jeremy's in Fargo. You can hop into Jeremy's calls. Steve, wherever you're at, hop into your calls. I mean, that would be kind of cool. It would I'm be. Gonna actually, I'm going to actually hop into James with another loader from here. I'm going to control a loader from my office and run it out in James's land. There you go. There you go. The <laughs> autonomous. Jordan's yeah. working on it. Jordan's working on it. Of course That'll he is. Cool. He's got a lot of is. stuff coming, dude. He's got a <laughs> lot of crazy shit coming. It's great. So yeah, that's as we're talking about that, like the, we talk a lot about, you know, improving efficiencies in snow and you guys have been doing these things. Like, is there anything like this year that you're kind of focused on of like improving or does it kind of just happen with like trial and error of like something happens, try to, you know, cut down on time or efficiencies, but like, is there anything that you're going into the year looking at of like, we can try and improve this? Well, like you say, is it, a lot of it's trial and error, but I mean, I got we're getting a few bigger, bigger pushers and stuff like that. That'll help cut down some time and a couple of wing claws and stuff like that. But yeah, more or less trial and error. Yeah, you're right there. What you, Steve? Yeah, we have we have a lot of route work, uh, just like Glacier does. So we rode our machines all over the town, and uh, we're we're constantly tinkering as we add properties. You constantly have to tinker with what machine is doing what route. What's the yeah. most efficient way to do it? Um, stuff like that. I, I am taking a page out of Jeremy's book. You know, he's been, he, he rags on me all the time about my skids, but they're, they're, they're really efficient for what we do in our area. We have, you know, our properties, we, we bang out a lot of properties with this, with a skid and a 10 foot Arctic on it. They're, the guys are very good with them. They're very quick. The Arctic's it, the Arctic makes you look good. I mean, I could put, I could put my seven-year-old in there or eight now, sorry, eight-year-old in, in, Literally, he's he's heavy enough to trigger the seat safety so he can operate the machine on his own. I could put him behind an Arctic and he's going to be looking like an all star in you know, half an hour once he gets used to what the scrape's supposed to look like. Sounds like you got your detail crew, Steve. Oh, yeah. No, all my guys are uh, are having kids. So uh, I got uh, I got a couple workers. There you go. You know, they're, there you yeah, they're they're coming up. Out of Durbin's but you yeah. Can't hire <laughs> Shout out Durbin. Yeah. My, my eight year old, my eight year old doesn't understand how much these vent tracks cost. He wants me to leave one at the house so he can do the driveway. So yeah, last dude, year was a single stage snowblower. He didn't kill himself. Didn't maim anybody, you know, didn't take one of the shepherds out with the with the single stage so this year we'll step him up a little bit we'll maybe uh i don't know we'll give him something maybe let him use the quad with the plow or something i'll pick up yeah pick up (laughs) what steve what is and jeremy too like when when a snow push comes like what is your role what do you do are you in a machine do you you know do you run operations like what do you do explain us through like 
as the owner, as like your, your top manager, what are your responsibilities? I'm, I'm still, I'm one of the boys I'm running. You'll never get me out of, out of a machine. I mean, it's probably not the most efficient thing. And I talk about efficiency, but I, you know, I like to be in a machine. There are certain properties I like to make sure are done absolutely perfect because they're paying top dollar. And yeah. I'm one of those guys that when it comes right down to it, I know that in my heart, I know a couple of my guys can do it just as good. Uh, and they do, but I still feel like if I'm just riding around in a truck, I'm not being the most efficient use of, of talent in the, in the company. Cause I'm one of the, the better operators. I'm, I'd venture to say I'm the best operator. I'm sure I'll get pushed back on that, but, uh, you know, I, I think that me being in a machine, as long as it doesn't affect the overall operation, me being in a machine is is the best place for me and, and actually creates the most efficiency. Oh, yeah. Cool. You're not going to get me out of one. All right, you dirtbags. We're going to take a quick break to thank one of our sponsors, Lambert Insurance Services. If you know Luke and I, you know we started this podcast to provide value to the construction industry. When we went to seek out an insurance company to work with, there's not a whole lot that are specific to the industry. And we really didn't want to work with a generalist agency. So we kind of put that on the back burner. Then we got to meet Sam Lambert. Sam is a fellow dirtbag himself. He's been in the industry for a long time, but he also started his insurance company in 2008, specifically for construction companies. So when we had that conversation, we knew that this would be the perfect match. Uh, so we started working with him and he's been incredible. He leads first. He wants to be a resource first and an insurance agency second. They can help with provide general liability, workers comp, commercial truck insurance, insurance for equipment, and so many more different avenues that he can provide coverage for. The great part about it is, you know, they're licensed in most states and they always quote through multiple companies. So that's how you know you can get a competitive rate. And even better, uh, Sam, he's the owner. He wanted to provide his cell number just so if you have any questions, specifically from the dirtbags, you can always text him, give him a call, ask to compare plans or just ask, you know, what his rates would be. And then he can help direct you to the right place or answer your question from there. His number is 385-204-5799. Or you can reach them at their website, which is lambert-ins.com. So reach out to him if you have any insurance questions. We're very excited about this partnership. Uh, Sam is an awesome guy and we're just excited to continue providing value for all you dirtbags. So Thank you, Lambert Insurance. Give him a text, shoot him a call, let him know that you're fans of the Dirtbags podcast. All right, you Dirtbags. Are you tired of tedious manual data collection and costly field studies in your quarry or sand and gravel operations? Let's talk about Vantage Point, the first quarry operation software crafted to meet the high demands of modern data-driven quarrying. Seamlessly connect all of your equipment data and access the crucial information you need instantly. Be the hero of your operation by boosting efficiency, exceeding your productivity goals, and bottom line revenue with VantagePoint. Discover why four of the top six aggregate material producers in the U.S. are using VantagePoint. Visit vantagepointquarry.com slash dirt to learn more. Jeremy, what do you think? You do it. Well, yeah, I mean, I love being a machine, but that's not not that often anymore. I'm more or less just uh, supervising, running around town, checking lots, and trying to keep everything moving. Yep. Obviously, I got a, I got a great crew now. Obviously, 
like or not obviously but i got a great crew where those guys know what they're doing for the most part so i just got to check up on them and uh and just make sure everything keeps moving throughout the night i mean that's by morning a lot of guys got to go and if i don't have enough guys coming in i'll jump in the machine and i'll run a machine and you know usually and you usually catch me with a big smile on my face when you know machine so <laughs> i mean that's I, I love running a machine it's just it's just makes me happy and i i just feel like i'm not doing enough when i'm in my pickup i mean i know i am because i'm running the show you know yeah. but it's like i just I, i'm always hands-on and you can always say i i don't if my guys are my my famous thing my guys are out i'm out i don't care you you've seen that luke you know i, I don't i just i don't if my guys are out i need to be out with my guys yeah. i do i have to be no I don't, but you, you choose to be. I, I choose to be because I just, I don't know. If I like being with the guys and I might, might be a little trusting, but I'm not saying they do a great job. They get the job done, but it's just, I, it just seems like everything goes better if I'm out. I've been, I if I have gone a few times, little things have slipped and I feel like I could have corrected it. So yep. that's, yeah. And, and it's a scale it, thing too. I mean, Jeremy uh, is is running operations for a major major operation. Uh, you know, I'm a little guy. I'm I'm a I consider myself a very little guy when you compare it to Glacier, who's running you know forty something loaders, a hundred and something pieces overall. That's a you need a guy that just drives around and supervises. You actually probably should have multiple guys driving around and supervising. You know that many machines. So I think it it comes down to scale. When you're a smaller company, you know, you're, you know, 10 machines, you, you really, you, you have the luxury of staying in a machine if you need to, cause you're not, you're not that big. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Good yeah. Point. And Go ahead, Luke. Yeah. I think one question I've been thinking about and Jeremy, I was just thinking about this as you were talking, like, even if you went home, you probably wouldn't sleep as well oh. if, if the oh. guys are out <clears throat> anyway. Not but, at all. Uh, one thing I was just thinking about is, you know, cause you, you guys have been in snow for a long time now and, and Luke and I get it all the time of people like just starting looking to get into snow. Like, I guess, what would you say to somebody like that? How should they get started? I'm sure there's multiple avenues, but, um, you know, what do you guys what think? What are things to look for? Yeah. What are things to look for? I don't know if you're, if you're like a, you know, a guy, let's just say a skidster to pick up that we, you know, or something I would, I would see if there's some, you know, obviously you're going to make a little more money on your own, but if there's a, a let's just say a company like Glacier or a bigger company area that's looking for subs, you might want to sub on for a few years and, you know, at least learn, learn the snow business a little bit more. I mean, obviously you got to check them out, make sure they're, they pay you and you know, all that good stuff. You don't want to work for free, but I would say if you can sub on for a few years and just kind of learn the game, I mean, I mean, it is snow removal. It's not we're not doing brain surgery here. It's it, we're moving snow, but there's there's still a lot of things you need to, you know, there's you can learn from watching somebody else. I'm not saying you can't just go out on your own and do it because everybody does it every day. But if you really want to, I guess get get your feet wet slowly, you could be a sub. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think there, Steve? I think it really depends on like for your listeners that are in the dirt world, the excavation world, I think it depends on what they want to do. Do they want to just make a little extra coin over the winter season when they got nothing going on or do they want to get into snow? If they want to get into full on snow removal operations, 
A, you got to freaking love it. And B, you got to have a bankroll. You know, you got to have the equipment and stuff. If you're just looking to make a couple extra bucks with equipment you already have, such as, you know, pickup trucks, throw a plow on it. I would tell them, start at driveways, start at residential, find a, a, you know, the, all these subdivisions that are going up that are 200 houses. They're all the same. Nobody shovels their own damn driveway anymore. Mm. Like there's actually an app now. uh, It's called, I think snow or something that literally people can log on, put their address in and you can, as a contractor in the area can pick them up. I heard about that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. You know, you can get a hundred dollars a driveway for a four inch push for a driveway that literally takes you maybe two passes backblading out and, yep. and pushing up. And you do, you get 20 or 30 of them that you can do in two hours. I mean, that's two or three grand in your pocket for, you know, a couple hours work mm-hmm. with equipment you already have and are already paying bills on. So yeah. I, I, I love the residential. Everybody says all oh, commercial, commercial, commercial. You know, there was this kid at equipped that was saying, everybody drop all your residentials. Bullshit. Residentials, you can make a shit ton of money. There are guys you can in make, Canada. Tons, right, Jay? You can make a shit ton of residentials if you have the right setup and the right route density. You can kill it. You need density. But yeah. You need density. Yeah. But I mean, it, I mean, everybody, like you say, everybody wants to go to commercial, but there's a lot of money to be made in residential if you just have the right equipment and your the right route density. I mean, it's going to take a while to get that, obviously, but. If I can add, if I can add two more quality guys and stop picking up commercial properties that are calling every day and are so cherry, like, oh, well, I mean, every year we try and only grow very small. Like I want to take one, one large property, one new snow site that's large, one medium, and that's it. That's all. Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure we can bang those, knock those out of the park perfectly before we move on to something else and try and get bigger. I don't want to bite off more than I can chew because like we talk about all the time. If you you don't perform one fucking time, it's over for you in snow. Everybody's yeah. gonna know about it. Nobody's gonna you're, you're you want to charge top dollar for snow. You better bring it every freaking storm every time to the same degree, because you're not gonna be able to demand those rates if if you don't show up or you know you don't perform. You know you got it's ain't baseball. You got about a thousand every freaking uh, every game. I like the I like the residential. If I could find two more quality guys and we don't pick up, you know, uh, if we don't get any cherry sites that are coming our way next year, I would love to throw, you know, a truck or even some of the smaller equipment, throw them in a neighborhood, put out some mailers or something in in August. If you can get twenty five houses that you're only you're in there for two hours with one truck or one machine and you're rolling out of there with three grand, why the hell not? You know, most of it's going to be cash too. You know, <laughs> you can set it up that it'll be cash. You know, the only downside is you have a lot of bosses. You got a lot yeah. of different personalities to deal with. Luke wasn't residential for a while. I was. Hate it. Yeah. So, <laughs> Luke, I was just, just, just going to say, like, what are your thoughts on on everything? I think it's a I think it's a smart business model. Like you guys said, it's if you have density, you can make money doing it. You've got to have the right equipment as far as efficiencies. And again, we tractors with, you know, rear facing blowers and you, you back up the driveways, drive out and you blow the snow. Great. It's, it works, but I think the, there's kind of a mass exodus. I feel like in the residential world and far, there is not a lot of people here. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's wild because I think, go ahead, Jeremy. 
I'd say there's a lot of money to be made if you did it right in this town because did it right, it's like yeah. no nobody does it. Nobody wants to do it because mm. I don't I, because it's a pain in the ass. Everybody <laughs> wants the driveways, is what I see. I'll, I'll yeah. you know, people will do the driveways, but nobody wants to shovel because they can't find the labor first labor force for it. So yeah. that is be, that's becoming a huge issue, I feel like, in the snow world. But I mean, it's a great business model. You just have to have the right systems in place as far as like taking the calls, you know, for the callbacks, if something's missed, because you miss a fucking sliver that's like this in Lisa Ann's driveway and you're getting a call <laughs> and they're like, you better get here right now and fix this. I can't get out of my driveway. And it's like, fuck off. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, you would go do that, but you know, in the heat of the moment, yeah. but no. No, I, I, residential was great. I just, I didn't like dealing with the people. Yeah. Why right. that's the downside you got a, yeah. you got a lot of bosses you got a lot of you know in the northeast here you new york especially you got a lot of karens you know it, it's it is a problem but at the same time i mean if you're personable and you can 90 percent of the time like we said you're coming when they're asleep so i mean you're there clear it, it it's done but we can't find you can't find anybody around here that's still doing driveways really? like i i just looked there's 34 calls that we're trying to find people because we always try if they call us and we we're not going to do it or we don't do something we'll always try as a business we'll try and steer you towards somebody that does you know yeah. we always want to take the extra step because people remember that yeah. you know it's just good business so uh we can't find anybody to take driveways wow nobody's do doing driveways here anymore. why don't you take them then steve i don't have the i don't have the production time honestly in our route i just don't have it and most people here are not going to wait till 10 11 o'clock in the morning you know after a snow to be able to right. they want to be out of their driveway so they can get to work so and yeah. unfortunately uh the commercials that are paying top dollar they all need to be open at the same exact time so yeah. who's yeah. gonna you know i'd love to i'd love to take 30 driveways that i could bang out but at the same time you got to find a guy you can put in that truck with that back blade or you know, whatever machine you're using there and you got to bang them out, but it can't be at the expense of your, your, your money makers, you know, your, your tier one yeah. properties. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Steve, do you guys have a lot of heated, heated driveways out in your area? I know None. in Southern Minnesota, there's quite very a few, few. But... no, very few, hmm. if any, I mean, the ground doesn't freeze here, honestly. I, yeah, mean, the last, I think the last two winters, we last winter, I know we didn't have frozen pavement one time. Not once all year. Like if you look at some of the videos I've put up from for all hands, you're pushing with the Arctic and it's black pavement. We didn't even have yeah. to salt after it. <laughs> Do you guys yeah. get a lot of like accumulated snow that like sticks to the, you know, not so much the pavement surfaces, but like your green space surfaces? Or is it is it snow? Oh no, we get we get snow on the blacktop. But like we had that one big storm in March and it had everything stacked against it from being big because it was March 17th or 16th. It was 36 degrees. I think it was 40 the day before. Concrete, concrete God. snow. Here we go. But, like literally, <laughs> you had you had probably four inches to five inches on the grass before it started to accumulate on the pavement. Really? So when it was done, you had 16, 17 inches on the grass, but you only had maybe eight inches to plow off on the pavement. Got it. Okay. So it does accumulate, but you you that was we had such a warm winter last year. I think we had 10 inches of rain in January in the first half of February. Wow. How many times did you push last year? I think 12 total, but like nine of them were but in a two and a half week, three week period. 
of okay. late February, early March. That was basically it. I think we pushed three times from November all the way to February. Wow. You know, end of yeah. February. What do you do to prepare yourself for those slower winters? Relax, honestly. I mean, <laughs> honestly, we're getting paid. That's the benefit of seasonals. We're getting yeah. paid whether it snows or not. Um, you know, we do we put the only thing I was worried about was the the floors getting hit in the seasonal contracts. Like we we put floors and ceilings in there to keep it fair for the customers. Right. Um everybody, everybody that does snow that you would call in your area like a tier one snow company, we're all gonna be high priced. And hopefully we're all within the same price range. Uh, mm -hmm. you got to do stuff to separate you, whether it's your presentation, whether it's your proposal packet for me, it's all of the above. And I also will do a floor and a ceiling like, and nobody around here does that. Yeah. But my argument for that, like everybody says, why would you ever give money back? You're, you're an idiot. Nobody fucking does that. Why would you do that? My argument is how we do it is if our five-year average for snow is like 40 inches. So if we get less than 20, like, so if we get 19 inches, we're giving them 10% of their, their seasonal contract back, but they can roll it into next year's, you know, contract price. Yeah. So we're still getting the money basically anyway, but even if I have to give it back and they walk, they don't renew with us the last year. I know that if I only got 19 inches, I based my seasonal price on 45 inches. So they yeah. were paying for 45 inches. So they were paying for 45 inches worth of pushes. So yeah. that, that works out to like, you know, maybe 15 for us. Um, if I'm only pushing six times, my costs for doing that, my salt, my labor, my fuel, all my time, those costs are astronomically lower. So giving back 10%, my profit margin is still well intact. Yeah. Hmm. But the gesture to the customer, that's yeah. loyalty yeah. you can't put a price on. They're, they're never leaving you after that. Right. Do you see really good feedback if that has happened? Hundred percent, and yeah. we've never given a penny back, but they love because we've never had to. to. For us to get less than nineteen inches is unheard of. Yeah, right. You know, we're we're like three years ago we had ninety-two inches. You know, I mean, it's the deviation is a lot, but it generally doesn't deviate below a certain point. Like What's a bad word. You were worried last year. You were worried last year for a while. I was. I was cursing yeah. the weather pros. I was cursing Rob, <laughs> but. He just kept saying, stay the course. I'm telling you, the end of the last half of February and March is going to be 90% of your snow. And I'm like, it fucking better be, dude, because I got nine freaking inches going into February 28th. Yeah. Wow. And then we ended up with 39 inches for the year. So we got 30 inches in, you know, two and a half weeks. Damn. So, yeah, I was shitting my pants a little bit. But like I said, <laughs> even if I was giving money back, I still made my money. My guys were, we were idle for almost two months. Mm -hmm. We had the salt, maybe a run here or there, but as far as full, full service, you know, everybody out, all hands on deck pushes, we didn't do anything from December. I want to say from December 9th to February 28th, we didn't have to do a full push. So Steve, in, in that scenario, then for your company, like what, what do you guys do during that time then? Nothing. We're all, like I said, we all have our other job. Oh, okay. I see. So they so, I got Spend you. time with your family that you don't ordinarily get, honestly. Right. You know, do stuff with the kids, take the kids uh, snow tubing up uh, upstate, whatever, you know, whatever they want to do, basically, because that's all, honestly, that's all gravy time. Because you know, like Jeremy said it earlier, snow is unforgiving on the family life, too, because not only are you, okay, well, we're getting snow tonight, so I'm going to be out pre-treating uh, before the shit even starts. And then I'm going to be out for 12 hours minimum pushing 
And then I'm going to be so shot the next day. You're not going to see me either. Cause I'm probably going to be sleeping for a full 12 hours. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's, it's not fun. Like my wife doesn't, she gets wedding invitations or something. Oh, February wedding. Yeah. I'm, I can't RSVP yes to this, you know, because yeah. chances mm-hmm. are you, you might have something going on. And I, he, she knows just like Jeremy, if my guys are out, I will be out. Like I'll occasionally let them do a salt run without me coming out of the house. But if, if blades are dropping, you know, I'm not yeah. going to ask anybody to do anything. I'm not out there with them doing. And you know, right. 100%. That's cool. he, and, uh, and to answer that question, Luke, he was, if what he was doing those couple months, he was on the phone call with us. That's it. We yeah. Were, basically. I, I remember hearing him on the phone all well, Honestly, listen, we were doing the fucking podcast. That's what we did. That's yeah. when we kicked it off because I was bored off my yeah. ass. And yep. yeah, that's, but thank God, because if that was a busy winter, I wouldn't, we would have never done, I would have never been able to do it. And yeah. honestly, I don't know how, if we get a good steady winter, I don't know how we're going to do it this winter between Fargo fucking it. pushing every 48 hours. You and, got it. You're always going to have to do it in his pickup. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was easy to do because Jer- all we had to do was plan around Jeremy. Because yep. if he wasn't pushing and he had a night, okay, great. Because I know I'm not doing shit. This fucking winter blows. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, that was the other, you know, to, to talk about the podcast. If you had told me in last January 31st how much work it was going to become on a daily basis, yeah. I probably would not have done it. As great as it is, as great as it's yep. become, it's too big to fail now. We're too big to stop. You know, we yep. couldn't stop if we wanted to. Guys would be looking to kill us. But it's a lot of fucking work. It's well, how many hours, Jeremy, a day? It's know? it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, it's, it's at least it's a lot four to hours. five hours a day on the podcast yep. doing and podcast it, shit. Yep. And it's but honestly, I wouldn't change it. I've met so many great people with this. And I mean, I got Snapchat guys. And I mean, it's, I love these guys. They're fun to talk to. I, I love knowing what's going on around the country. And I mean, it's I don't I don't think I, I wouldn't change it. I mean, no, the guys have been the greatest part. Meeting yeah. everybody. Best, best, we have. best part. Best part. Best part. Like, I mean, I don't know anybody. Like I told told you guys earlier, like I'm with Luke. I don't like a lot of people. Like I, I'm, I'm pre-designed to hate most people, you know, I, I You're don't, an asshole. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I don't like it. a lot of people, but uh, everybody we've met has been freaking awesome. Like yeah. there's only like <laughs> maybe two guys out of a thousand that we've met that are dicks. Everybody else yeah. love them. They're great. And they've been incredibly fucking loyal and incredibly supportive. And, you know, you Name those gotta, two. what's that? Yeah. Name which, those two? Two guys. which two? Which <laughs> two? <laughs> Oh, I, say, I say that every I say that every time Luke you never name them. Uh, I'm not gonna name them on air. They know who they are. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> James. Sorry, he's called you out like that. Yeah, but, no, yeah. James is the man. He just leaves. He leaves early. He didn't go to dinner with us. He bailed on the party the night before to quit. He he brought me a children's medium shirt instead of a two X. Like <laughs> a medium. Oh, crap, Doyle. Uh, what a you gotta give you gotta you gotta give Steve some apparel, otherwise he gets upset. So. I don't get upset. I don't get upset yeah, at do. all. Yeah, no, I, innov- yeah, I, I see everybody wearing innovative shit except for me. And I'm like, I've never gotten <laughs> crap. Not even a hat from innovative. So Doyle's <laughs> on my shit list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Doyle. He's uh, Doyle's the best, man. He's the best. Yeah, he's, he's the man. So Mr. Doyle. So Steve, I know you were talking about this year, you know, it's gonna be tough through the through the winter season keeping the podcast going, but you guys have the top 3% podcast in the world. Um, what are the next steps? Like, what do you guys got going next year, this winter? Like, 
what what are the goals for the snow jobs boys there <laughs> retire no no there you go uh well we i mean we started the like we wanted to give more back to the guys the the, the like jeremy said the the guys have been freaking amazing like i mean anything yeah. we've asked anybody to do they're like just say when you know what time do you want us there like it's really like a ride or die you know minutes notice we can have whoever we need to have helping us out so we wanted to give them more we wanted to help the industry more because we got a lot of forces. I don't know if most people understand. There's a lot of forces of what I would call evil out there in the snow industry that are trying to take advantage of snow contractors. These national property management companies that are taking 40, 50% off the top of these contracts and leaving the contractors with peanuts. They're preying on contractors that don't know their numbers and mm -hmm. will take these contracts at freaking pennies on the dollar of what they should yeah. be. We'll, you know, we, all the, we'll jump through all their hoops and yeah, shit they want to. Yeah, exactly. We're, we wanted to help guys learn about that stuff because, you know, it, it it really is a prey thing. They're preying on people that don't know any better, for lack of a better term. And, you know, we're, we're trying to do stuff. So we're giving guys an outlet with the show, but we wanted to do more. So we started the uh, webinar series and the web yep. meetings. So, like, I mean, two guys came on uh, one night. They had questions about bidding uh, commercial sites, large commercials, because they never they never did it before. I can't remember the circumstance, but they asked if we could help them with a couple questions. I said, listen, that huge monster mega malls, you know, 70 acres of pavement is not my thing. That's not I'm like five acre sites below, you know, except for the HOAs, which are monsters. But my, you know, commercial lots are, you know, five acres or less. The. But I said, I know guys that do. And that's what we do with the podcast. We'll, we'll put you in touch with whoever we need to to get you the answers. If I if I don't know it or Jeremy doesn't know it, we'll take it. So in 20 minutes, like I put out a text saying, hey, two guys need help. I put it out to guys that do a lot of large commercial stuff. Right. I said, I don't know what they don't know, but let's just do a webinar if we can real quick. Within an hour, we had 26 guys in the room that were willing to help these two guys out and tell, and I think it was eye opening for the both of them. Like, Holy shit. Like I had no idea what I didn't know. That's cool. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the webinars have been good. The web meetings, you know, whatever we need to do, we'll, we'll keep doing those. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Jeremy take over the world? I think so. what it sounds like. Yeah. You guys are going to yeah. start a consulting company yeah. now. No, yeah, no, we're not like, dude, that's a thing. Like Luke, it's so hard. Cause Every market is different. Every it's so hard for any one thing to fit everybody. It's snow is so variable, you know, depending on your, your geography, depending on your market. So there's no magic bullet. That's going to help everybody. The best you can hope for is you put five guys in a room and you can take from the other four guys that are in that room. You can take 5% of what they're saying they do for their company and their market and make it, you know, apply it to your own and make it work successfully. I think that's but the you, best you can you, hope for. You can bring in efficiencies how you do it. Sure. It it doesn't matter what snow market you're in. It's gonna work. It it should work in most snow markets. Yeah. If you if you show these guys some efficiencies that you're doing, that they'll they'll probably, oh yeah, we are not doing that. We should probably try that. And I mean, it'll probably work. I mean, that's that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what kind of snow belt you live in or whatever. It's it's you at the end of the day you're pushing snow. I mean it, you're pushing snow, but there are efficiencies you can get out of it. So yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. Like you, you hopefully, if they talk to you for ten minutes, you can you can take one thing away that helps your efficiency, and and apply it successfully. 
What about okay. costs? Are costs pretty streamlined on the industry as far as like, I yeah. think, and prove me if I'm wrong, but I think machinery, everybody is buying from the same machinery companies, mm-hmm. right? Obviously there's some different, but you've got your case, you got your deer, you got your cats, you got your Komatsus. That's a, that's a fixed price. They're, they're going to be very similar to each other, right? Obviously what you charge based on that machine changes completely different. There you go. There, well, yeah. there's what's coming, honestly. The off yeah, brands we are talking start about taking off. Today. Those, yeah. those, those pique my interest a little bit. Yeah. But like same with salt, you know, um, sidewalk machines, labor, you know, all those costs have got to be pretty similar industry-wise. Obviously, I'm sure no, not, not identical, but... I can pay $85 for a yard of salt. Jeremy's paying 175 for that same yard of salt in Fargo. Really? Okay. Oh, wow. yeah. It's all, yeah. how close to a That's port a, are you? How it's close unbelievable. To a port are you? How close to a river are you? Um, trucking is what costs money. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I can get it, yeah. I can get it from Albany. I can get it from Jersey. Um, you know, it's, you're talking, they got to truck it maybe 45 minutes to an hour. But if I go pick it up, it's, it's even cheaper than that. Yeah. But yeah, that same yard of salt is double, more than double in Fargo. Wow. Get it out of Minneapolis. It's it's crazy. What was a what was Billy paying? 50 bucks? 50 bucks yeah. a yard or something? Yeah, Billy's a <laughs> jerk off. 50 <laughs> bucks a yard. That's cheaper like, than anybody holy, can get it. <laughs> that's like holy shit. I, I mean Billy. Jesus. Billy Moore, we love him. He's uh yeah. he's awesome. He yeah, he's yeah. another guy. He's another straight shooter, zero filter, will tell you exactly where to go and what to do with it. You know, he's uh, yep. Need more of those people in this world. Yeah, there are. That's who we're drawn to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we got quite a few in the snow industry that you know they they don't care. They don't care about the national companies. They don't care. I mean, they'll work with them, but they're not going to bend over for them. You know. No. So I don't know. Well, it's good to know. Thanks for putting me in my place about costs because I was like, well, I I think you're right on the equipment. I I think you're right on the equipment. The heavy equipment, the big four, yeah, big. They're pretty much all within 10% of each other, and they're all going up astronomically. Not even every year. They're going up, what, every three months now? There's a price yeah, increase? Yeah. Every every quarter. Every quarter, yeah, for sure. So I, I think but, it's an opportunity for companies like XCMG, the, you know, the Chinese co- companies or Yamar. Yeah, it's it's a it's a big opportunity for these guys to jump in the game. I mean, it's sure. I, they're running the same shit as the cat and deers, and, you know, they're running – you know, Cummins engines, Caddy Electronics. I mean, it's it how do you not? How do you not take a shot on that? It, it, unless it's a it's, total hunk of shit. How do you not, for half price of what the same size loader in a cat or a John Deere will cost you? How do you not half. take a shot? Half. It's, it's not. It's half. not even. It's not even. We're ah, it's half. It is literally half. And the other brand to mention, the other one is Hyundai. Yeah. We saw them yeah. at Sima. Hyundai yeah. is. You know, ridiculously good priced, but yeah. their dealer network, I don't think, is ex- is as expansive as they need right. to be. I mean, it's you guys got to try it. I mean, what are you? You're not out here like this XCMG. It's zero percent, zero percent. Who has zero percent nowadays? Nobody. Anybody? Nobody. I mean, let's do it. Let's try it. I don't know. It's it's worth a shot. Well, there there let's are trying to Jordan tomorrow, Jeremy. I'm in. Jordan, I'm serious. I'm, Jordan I'm, bought I'm, one. I'm talking to like, yeah, Jordan bought one. I'm actually talking to this dealer tomorrow, and I'm I might get one myself. So nice. Fuck yeah, Jeremy in the game. I love it. Well, no, let's, let's do it. And it, it's cool that like 
I would have never heard about loaders like that. So those opportunities that come to you guys, like that's super cool because yeah, where do they market? You know, and how would you know, Jeremy, unless you talk to them? Oh, hey, we yeah. run Cat Electronics. We run Cummins Engines. You know, we have a lot of the same <laughs> properties as these big time corporations. Mm-hmm. Well, how we know now is because we have so many, not tentacles, but we have so many avenues of information coming to us. Like right. you're talking any any day, you know, you're 40 to 50 DMs every day. You know, somebody just asked me right. tonight, DM me about uh, buying cat loaders from Germany. Somehow they're half the price. I'm like, I know nothing about that. I've never heard of that. But guess yeah. what? I know guys I can ask that, you know, I can look into it for you if that's a thing. But uh, I mean, you get questions like that and you get people that, that know things about stuff. We get, we get questions about everything from everything, from what kind of lights you use, the stakes you use to whatever. And I mean, it's, it's a great avenue. We can, you know, we can snow ask everybody. Yeah. Snow stakes, freaking lights, freaking pushers. It don't matter. And to go Whoa. back to your question about the sponsors, Luke, uh, we just took in uh, our latest one was Plowright Snowstakes. And yep. again, we stuck to our guns. I didn't know about it when I think Brandon from LADC actually mentioned them. And I, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, I've never heard of these things. And he's like, you got to check them out. So people started talking about them. And we asked a couple of people like, oh, they're, they're the greatest things ever. They'll completely replace fiberglass. You'll never use fiberglass snowstakes again. So they... I, they reached out or I, I don't even remember how it had happened, but we said, yeah, yeah we made the deal though, that, okay, you got to send us some steaks first so right. we can try them and check. Yep. I'm in love with these freaking things. I ordered, I just ordered like 400 of them because I'm like, these, these are incredible. Like they're so ordered, easy to put in. I ordered a thousand today. I was like, we ran short. <laughs> I, ordered, I, I go, give me a thousand more. I'm like, send them. Yeah. They're like, great. They're awesome. Plowright snow steaks, plowright.com. Check them out. We're not just, like I said, we don't plug anybody that, that, that hasn't earned it. That's the thing. Yeah. We won't plug you. And at, on the other head of the coin, if you fuck over customers, what are you going to do? If we're not saying anything that's not, you know, that's not a fabrication, yeah. you no. know, we're, we're, we call out, we call out, you know, manufacturers that are not doing right by their customers and are putting out a shit product. Right. Yeah. So yeah. what I mean, are you going to do? Up isn't that game. kind of part? that's kind of part of your deal too. If somebody is advertising with you and their product does like, you guys don't have to say good things about them. Right. No. And that's kind of no. what you guys no. do. And you just say like, no. yeah, this thing fell apart on me. Even if they're advertising on your show, it's like, you just got to be honest. Like you said, yeah. yep. no, but they're, they're not going to get past the gate. If, if that's a potential, yeah. if that's potential to happen, yeah. like, um, I remember one guy, um, one guy asked me about like the, the muskox. I'm like, that thing's a freaking tank, man. You won't have to worry about kill it. unless you hit it with a truck. You're not hurting that thing. And yeah. th you're not, we're not going to accept a sponsor. Like we've, we talk about everything. We're not going to accept a sponsor. That's got even a questionable pop product. You know, if, yeah. if it's not a great product that we can't wholeheartedly say, this thing is going to work great for you. Um, it's going to perform when you need it to. And if it does freaking break, it's probably going to be operator error. Yeah. And, and at that point it's up to that company to make good on it. And everybody that we have got, had with the show involved, they're going to make good on, it. we know these right. people, we know how they operate and they're going to do the right thing. Stand guys. Yeah. Oh, yep. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's fun to like hear your guys's input too on like, just the podcast industry as a whole. And then obviously related to snow and, 
the avenues it brings you. And like you said, Steve, the marketing that comes with it. It thing is it, today's world is no longer print. It's all digital. Oh. Luke, obviously you can attest to that too. And <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's very cool. And it's fun to see your guys' success. Well, you know what? It, it's, I don't know how good we actually are versus a, we're, we're a very niche podcast in a yep. niche uh, industry that, has no outlets for advertising at all. There's yeah. like what two print magazines and they're owned yeah. by the associations. So they have yep. their association affiliations with, with manufacturers. So if right. you're an off brand, you're either paying 10 times more to get your ad in there or they're not allowing it period. So where do these small companies like Muskox or Hilltip that are building these, these superior products, but just haven't really exploded in the market yet. And they're not mainstream in one of the big four companies out there. How are they supposed to get exposure? There's no outlet for advertising. Enter the snow jobs. You know, and we just hit it right. I don't, like I said, I don't know that we're that good at what we do, but it's no, we're uh, fucking good. Oh, here we go. Yeah. We're kind of a big <laughs> I mean, but at the end of the day, though, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how fancy it is. It's just, can you build trust with your audience? And every single business, the most expensive thing they can pay for right now is people's attention. And if you have somebody's attention, that is what they're going to pay for. That's how. Google makes money. That's how Facebook makes money. That's how these podcasts make money. And it's not a bad thing to make money. And it's just, like you said, it is an avenue for this company like Muskox to reach their audience and making sure that that is, you know, the right fit. So, um, you know, hats off to you guys for starting the podcast, crushing it. Cause you guys are pumping out episodes and that's not easy. You know, Luke and I crank mm -hmm. out two episodes a month, sometimes three, and that's a lot on us, but it's, it's fun. We love it. We love having drinks, like learning a ton. Um, I'm sure you guys have learned so much just oh, doing this every, oh, everyone this yep. year. And, you know, it's just, it's cool to see, you know, you, you get to build that camaraderie with everyone like snow jobs nation and just like keep that ball rolling. So, you know, hats off to you guys for, for doing it, but then keeping it going too. I feel like the consistency is the hardest part and you guys are, you know, blowing it out of the water. You have to be consistent. Yeah, we're trying. I mean, it, the the main thing is everybody's got to have an open mind. I mean, you got to be able. To, you got to, a lot of guys have. Oh, excuse me, a lot of guys in the industry are not a lot, but old old school. You know, we're we've yeah. done it this way forever. That's the only way we're gonna do it. You got to be open minded and be able to listen to new stuff that's going on, new apps, new whatever. You know, it's just trying to make everybody more efficient and make the industry better. So, these guys just have an open mind. I think we we get the sky's the limit here. We can just keep growing everything so yeah and it's a generational thing too like podcasting i'm 47 jeremy's 47 it, it's it's a generational thing that podcasts are not for us like i never listened to a podcast before i did one you know before we first did our first episode i didn't even know how to listen to our first episode so i mean that that was pretty funny i had to get tips on that but when we first started i'd say the first three or four months our demographics on our analytics Everybody listening to us was between 18 and 35, but now we're like 50, 50 between the 18 and 35 and the 35 to 55. Mm -hmm. So like the older guys have come yes. and, but it started with the younger guys. Cause a podcast is a younger, you know, that's a younger dude thing. Yep. The older guys, somebody, they had to get their kid to set up the uh, apps for them so they could listen. <laughs> so it took a while. No, it, it's just, new, it's just a new way of learning. I remember yep. My grandma was always like, Luke, show me how to use my phone. I'm like, are you kidding me? You don't know how to use this damn thing? <laughs> it's all relative. 100%. It's true. Yeah. 
This is your educational outlet now. And that's what we're trying to do. That's why we have the Jordan Smiths come on. You know, that's why we have everybody come on because everybody's bringing something to the table. You can learn something from everybody we have on the show. Yeah. Look at our website is terrible. Right, Luke? (laughs) I'm not going to say anything about it, but yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You can say anything. Well, no, free. <laughs> no, no, not not just no jobs. I'm oh, I was gonna say it's life. fucking free. I think it's pretty good for free. <laughs> uh, no, you just baited uh, me into that, but no, Luke. I, I think uh, I think this is a podcast. I think it's a podcast, guys. Thank you for the insight. Thank you for just you know the the overall knowledge that you guys bring through you know your experiences with the podcast. You know how to reach people, and believe it or not what you guys talked about a lot of people can probably take and just use in their own businesses as well. Like you said, Steve, you know, becoming more approachable, having those conversations with people, putting yourself outside of that comfort zone. So, Oh, thank you guys again, but yeah, no problem. Yeah, it was, it was great. I love you guys. And you guys have a, lot a great of fun. podcast. Yeah. You guys, yeah, you guys are crushing it. We like to give you shit cause you give it Tuesday. to us, but you know, you guys are, uh, you guys are awesome. I think, yeah. we, I think we gotta keep I think we gotta keep doing this at least once or twice a year between yeah, us the crossovers. Just, uh, yeah, yeah we the crossover. crossovers. Like a lot of guys, a lot of guys in our that listen to us, they're listening to you guys too as well. So I mean yeah. they we we've heard a lot of that. So yeah, we keep hearing that. You, your podcast comes on exactly after ours ends. So that's what we keep hearing. <laughs> that's <laughs> at least that's there. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, you guys are the best, though. We love you. Thank you very much yeah. for having us on. Thank yeah, you so great. much.